Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cupid works hard in February, but our friends at Manscaped are working even harder than ever to ensure your Valentine's Day is one to remember. Don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day this year and get in control with their Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0. This February, join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code TERRACE for 20% off and free shipping. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see past the love jungle. Things your partner likes on Valentine's Day, chocolates, flowers, a lovely card, a beautiful candlelit dinner. Things they don't like, messy and pungent pubic regions. Take care of that with the Performance Package 4.0. You've got the lawnmower. You've got the anti-chafing boxers. You've got the weed whacker for getting rid of those nose and ear hairs. This can be very unattractive as well. But you've also got the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. It's all there. It's got everything you need in order to make sure that you're feeling fresh and confident down there. So let's get 20% off and free shipping with the code Terrace at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Terrace. Help tame that love jungle that you have in your pants with Manscaped. Welcome to Monday's Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host for this evening. I am Duncan Mackay and I am joined by two Craigs. I've got Craig Cairns. Hello, Duncan. And I've got Craig Anderson. How are we doing? I, I always realise, uh, you know, you, you get the podcast with like Sean and Telfer and, and they've got all the good chat at the start and then I just get asked, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, fine, good, yeah, move on. But I think that, well, that, that's a sign of my interest levels. Well, like how well, <laughs> 
Well, I, we'll not uh, we'll not peek behind the curtain too much, but I I, I surmise that Craig Telfer probably spends ninety eight percent of his his working day thinking about how he's going to introduce Sean to these podcasts, whereas uh, we introduced our set. Uh, we decided literally thirty seconds before going on there who was hosting. So I think that probably a, a slight difference in approach. Um, but yes, thank you very much, everyone, for for listening, and we are going to be talking uh, through. Saturday's Premiership card, which there was only four games as uh, two succumbed to the weather, the storm that I've already forgotten the name of because there was Alec. another storm the other day as well. So, um, yeah, there we go. Uh, too much. Yeah. I mean, I look yeah, like I it was. Like an, I sound like an old man for saying like I, I don't think they need to name every single storm. Like it's just it's just bad weather. Like. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It feels a bit like uh, I don't know where it came from, and it just suddenly happens all the time. And it's like you can just go, yeah, the weather's not going to be very good this weekend, and and I don't need be careful. Two, se- two separately <laughs> named storms. Yeah, well, I mean that does that is quite a you are if if the uh, what whatever called middle aged men behaving badly or whatever that show grumpy old man comes back and then Craig Anson, you're you're it's, you're, it's almost like old man literally yelling at clouds. <laughs> Well, but uh, the games at uh, Pataudry and Dens Park fell victim to uh, 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 to the weather, which would be pretty gutting for uh, one of our members of this parish, Gary Cocker, who was meant to be going to hospitality, unlucky Gary. Uh, but instead, we got four fairly interesting matches, and I think we'll just start with the lunchtime kickoff, because six goals. Uh, Ross County scoring, scoring three, Rangers scoring three, uh, a pretty strange game, um, I think, by all by all concerns. Uh, two two teams that uh, lined up with with ten outfield players, and then uh, to borrow a joke, I saw ever two make a wish foundation goalkeepers in place, uh, with uh, which was not particularly great. Uh, Craig Anderson, how surprising I suppose was this uh, 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 that Rangers uh, stumbling and 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 getting a leaving Dingwall with only a point. Uh, not surprising that they have been dropping a few points because I I think since Van Bronckhorst came in fact before Van Bronckhorst came in they've not necessarily been that impressive this season the surprising part was that they, they conceded three I know the defence hasn't been rock solid but if you said to me our Rangers are going to drop points you know away at Ross County you'd think like, an, a 0-0 draw or perhaps a 1-1 uh, where, where you know they concede the first goal and then spend most of the game trying and failing to break it down before eventually they, they get there but instead it was quite uh, it was quite a mess of a game and that's the type of situation you'd expect a team with a better attacking talent to thrive in but in all honesty like it, it was up and down both ends I think Ross County have got a really good front three I think they they, they mix together so well because um, I think we, we know Jordan White is not the best footballer but he does bring the best out of other players around about him. Ross County have had a habit pretty much ever since they've been in the Premiership um, of of having a forward like that, and and that continues to be the case. Um, and and I'm not saying I'm sure they could upgrade on him. I'm sure their their fans would like them to upgrade on him, but he he does he does offer something. I thought it was he was actually very sharp on um, the goal because be easy to fall asleep and not expect McGregor to drop the ball but but he gets in there and Charles Cook and Hugbo are just are just fantastic players to watch they are exciting they both are direct but they have a lot of uh, skill as well because you, you, you very often get direct wingers that come in or wide players that come into Scottish football and, and they're, they're direct but they don't actually have 
any other strings to their bow whatsoever, but both of them have actually got, um, you know, talent as well. Um, Charles Cook, it took a long time for it to appear. Um, but yeah, he's probably, I mean, he has the top scorer in the league and he probably is one of the most um, dangerous for attacking players in, in the entire league now. Um, Hung was maybe a wee bit more inconsistent, but when he when he plays well, when he did play well on, on Saturday, I thought um, he, he is also... Deadly, so or de- deadly, not maybe a bit of an an exaggeration, but he's he's a very good player, and and they caused Rangers backline trouble the whole game, and that backline is creaking a bit in general. I think. Um, I think that was I think that was clearly shown in the second goal. The second goal, like, I mean, the first and third goals are, uh, well, you can say un- uncharacteristic errors from Alan McGregor, but they're they're starting to become characteristics. Um, but the second goal is is just a mess. Yeah, I mean, you got Goldson makes an ass of the, the well. The, I mean, even before that, but the the main the, there's there's kind of messiness to it. But then <laughs> anatomy of a goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Goldson makes an ass of the first one, and then I have no idea what Bassey is doing. It's very easy to look good as a centre half when you're not under pressure, which he, he maybe hadn't been for that spell where you know he was being proclaimed as the the, the new centre half, and you know we don't need to sign one and all of that stuff, but. You've seen when he's been put under pressure, and he has been a bit more in recent games. He's susceptible to things like that. Um, again, if you're naturally a left back, and I think he was natural left back. I don't think he was signed as a centre back and then played left back. I think he was brought in as a left back. I think he looks quite quite good as a left back, at least in in certain situations. You've just not got the same. Like if you're not grown up playing as a centre back, I think you've you've just not maybe got the same instincts of when there's danger and when you need to do things differently and okay I think I mean he was trying to punt the ball out of the park and just feel miserably so that's not not to blame in this case but he he looked like pub league stuff like um, it's typical that it's an entertaining game but the weekend that there's not any English football on in the, the eyes of uh, the eyes of the world or our own Scottish football we have we serve up an entertaining game but just a shambolic game of football Craig, were, uh, Craig Cairns this time, uh, were you kind of impressed by Ross couldn't come back back tw- uh, you know a, a number of times you know, you know to come to go behind against Rangers and, and come back twice is is pretty impressive, um, albeit and, and and also you know conceding uh, a lead as well. Uh, it's gonna it's a difficult thing for me to say. Should we give credit to Malky Mackay, the coach? Malky Mackay, human being. Let's not even get go there. But uh, Malky McKay, the the football coach, is do you think he's building something there at Ross County? Yeah, he's clearly talented. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to give him credit whether you brought him up or not. Anyway, because the, any mention of Regan Charles Cook, he said himself after the game, he talked a wee bit about how he's been coached recently. He said that. Um, Malky Mackay told him that he has very good attribution, he does a lot of good things in matches, but he doesn't gamble enough, he doesn't get in the box enough, he doesn't look to get on the end of potential second balls enough and gamble and things like that. And he's done more of that this season and now he's a top scorer. So I think you can't not give Malky Mackay credit for the job he's done there. I think that's just an insight into the coaching that he's brought to Dingwall and also, it's quite an impressive job he's done so far. I know they're not quite steered away from safety yet, but they it, it's looking like the bottom two are going to be the bottom two. With every passing week, it looks like those two are going to be the bottom two. It's just it's which order they're going to be in. 
So I wouldn't say they're safe, but they do. He he has brought them round, and a, a few games aside recently, I mean they've always shown up in spells against Rangers. That's the first time they've taken a, a point from them. I know their form's not great, but he seems to have them playing pretty well. He has a a defined style. He has star players in in, in certain positions, and it's it's night and day from what they were like when he walked in the door, basically. And uh, probably switching to, to Rangers, the one thing that, that I noticed from, from watching the game early on and then was, uh, missed, missed the, the end of it, sadly, because uh, I was going to Easter Road, but uh, what's happened to Craig Cairns as well? What's, what's happened to Glenn Kamara? Because um, it just it seems like it's a, it's a big drop-off and it is, it's his slack pass that leads to the, the corner that, that causes the, the game to go 3-0. Is this just a... Because it's so un- uncharacteristic of him, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is, and and it's it's weird to see what's happening to Rangers in general at the moment. It, it's it's in danger of turning into another one of these kind of like post winter uh, post winter break blues. But at the same time, Diallo looked really really good. They made a very high profile signing today. Um, but I think well, the, the the Polish right back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and um, the. I, Rather than just pick out Kamara individually, I think something I noticed, I didn't see all this match. I I, I was working at Tynecastle and I was seeing the guys for lunch before it. So I I didn't see all of this, but I I, I saw, I caught up uh, with enough of it. And from what I could see, Rangers had a habit of just trying to defend what they had when they were ahead. I don't know if that's a characteristic of. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's management, if, if that's if he's like that kind of a conservative manager that he would rather hold on to a lead rather than go for the jugular, but it's a complete if 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 that is his management style, that's a complete contrast to uh, to the guy at the other cross the other side of the city. Yeah, I I I don't think it is given given I suppose the amount of chances that I mean they hit the post where from Kamar, Kamar Roof and the I mean Rangers did keep creating chances, but it was I suppose. I, why? Why I I, I asked about it's because uh, about Kamara is because that slackness didn't the, you know last season wasn't apparent. You know they were still creating chances and it, and maybe again uh, and as Cal had the chance as well and stuff. I mean, maybe if it's Morelos, you know, a, a finite thing and and that's you know it's four two and it's it's not, not not nothing to worry about. Yeah, I think the thing with Kamara as well is that if uh, if I recall correctly, this happened at Dundee as well just before he. He was kind of leaving there for Rangers, and you do wonder if he's one of these guys that heads turned his a heads little, turned a yeah. wee bit, and then he, he's maybe maybe just not got the same concentration levels because yeah, he's he's not been as good this season in general. I think, um, and again, it's hard to tell whether he's not been as good because Rangers have not been as good, or, or vice versa. Mm. Um, he's, he's very much one of those type of players that you feel you could drop him in at almost any level, and he would almost match the ability of the team round about him, which is is, is important, but um, can can mean when the team's not going well, he, he's not, and, and it's not fair to say he should be the guy to drag them out of these things, but I just think I just think there's there's just something not right on the pitch in general there, like like nothing seems to be quite working, and, and I mean, it's summed up by McGregor, because it's, it's schoolboy stuff, it's like two really, really, really bad errors, it's not, 
you know, like you know how a goalkeeper can make a mistake where like a shot's hit from the edge of the box and it just goes through him, but he's done the right thing. Yeah, I, th- I think the, fir- the, fir- the first one is one of those is is clearly, um, like it's it, it, just lost. Like he's just stopped concentrating. You know that yeah. that happened. It, uh, the one that would concern me more is the third, which isn't is which doesn't look as egregious, but actually it's because. But there's no technique in terms of what he's trying to do. I'm not sure what he's he's trying to get towards the ball, but with his leg, but not fully extend. Like it was a very. I mean, I think you can also maybe question. Barisic's uh, marking of Matthew Wright at that point as well, but it does, like it, yeah, that that would be my concern if I was Rangers. I think it's just that it, everything's just a bit. You don't want to say sloppy, but that it kind of it's not it's not as precise as it once was. And uh, I suppose the next thing to talk about just before we wrap up on this game is I think because all you tweeting about this at the weekend, uh, Craig Anderson, that Matthew Wright. You know, coming from the coming from the Western Isles, yeah. uh, you know, like that. I mean, that I think that's that's interesting in itself. That that I suppose that there has been a lot of criticism of Ross County. Uh, you know, uh, you know, for you know the critiques of Ross County. You know, in terms of and Barry McGregor's always talked about being the whole. You've know, been a, a club for the whole of that part of Scotland, uh, and I suppose that. Is true if you've got like someone that's doing three-hour round trips to to come to training twice a week and stuff. Yeah, like that. I think it's a it's a. First of all, I think Ross County have generally they have produced some good youth players, but there's always been a sense I think of them not necessarily always getting a chance there, mm. um, and so uh, it's nice to see a young guy coming through their academy. And I think the sacrifices you must have to make to make it as a professional footballer when you're coming from Stornoway, like. It's, it's so far to come to to play for any professional club, and so yeah, I think that that will be a that will have been a really big moment for him. And he's a guy, obviously. Um, as I say, they, you hope that these young guys can can kick on. I we talked you talked a little bit, Mackay. I think for all these folks, he, he's proven himself to be a good coach, and he and he he did get the best out of players um, where he's been before. And if he can do that with these young guys as well, it's 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 a good sign for that club because I think they they need the community brought, brought back in. I think they've been alienated um, a fair amount recently, and, and I mean, I appreciate Stornoway is not the community of Dingwall, but you know what I mean. Like the, the but you know, you mean, but I suppose that up of that neck of the woods is essentially a, a Rangers territory yeah. has been traditionally. You know, if you can start converting, you know. If, if, if guys up there are willing to make the their own trip to Ibox every two weeks, then you know maybe, maybe you can start convincing a few others that actually Dingwall's uh, uh, half the distance is probably all, all right as well. So we went for we, I suppose that that was a dramatic end, and then there was another. Uh, we kind of and loath to to keep this as a, an old firm. Uh, uh, starting podcast, but you know when there's only four games, what what can you do? And the the the, the two are intrinsically linked in more ways than us, and that was definitely the case on on Saturday, where uh, Celtic defeated Dundee United in one uh, 0 with an injury time winner from Abada. Um, Craig Craig you were you'd spoken to uh, Dundee United legend Sean Dillon earlier in, earlier uh, last week. Uh, previewing this game and and the Dundee Derby that's that's happening, uh, did you get a sense that, that that it was going to be as tight as this? No, I mean I'm not surprised because I think 
I think Tam Courts uh, it's officially Tam again, by the way. And he is, and he's back to Tam Courts now, by the way. Yeah, yeah. there's apparently a officially official again. pronouncement going out there. He's he's so, so he was Tam, then Thomas, and now he's back to Tam again. Yeah, good, good to know, <laughs> and absolutely pointless. Yeah, um, he's he's proven this season that he he can get results like this against bigger sides. So. Um, I, I don't think it's results like this. I mean, they've not come away with anything. You know what I mean? It, 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 there was a chance mm. that they were going to go there and get embarrassed without their centre-half pairing and that kind of thing. Um, they, they, they did maybe equally as well in the game earlier in the season and got a point out of it. They got a result against Rangers, obviously. Um, but yeah, like I say, without their... They were up against it in this one without a few key players. Butcher slotted in to... The, to the back three along with Scott McMahon and they did well, they had Sporla as a, a left wing back and yeah, they for, for large parts they they defended well they had a they had the better chance the, maybe, arguably the best chance of the first half and between their defending and Definitely. their excellent uh, goalkeeper um, who made an absolutely outstanding save in the second half, but one of those just wow saves. You could see Jackamakis just could not believe that it had not ended up in the net or at least come back off the post or clip the post and gone wide or something like that. But for him to get his boot, uh, what it looks like his toe, to get it over the bar like that, it was just, yeah, sensational. So, yeah, fair play to Dundee United, but as can often happen when you play a team like Celtic, you can do all those things right Including riding your luck uh, for a bit, and then it still it still all come crumbling down in the in the final minutes, and and that's what happened. And fair play to Celtic, because I suppose I don't know. Would you say there was more pressure on them, given that Rangers were had 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 dropped points, or I don't know. I suppose I, 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 I'm Definitely, not sure. I, but, I think I think yeah. And I'm talking about as a fan base, uh, we can now. If we win this, we can go into the old firm game with a chance of going top in that. And uh, so, yeah, it, it maybe ramped up the pressure and the and the impatience a bit from the stands as well. So I, I think you've got to say fair play to Celtic, but certainly not a, a result or performance that Dundee United should be ashamed of or anything. Yeah, Craig. Sorry, I was going to say I think that point that you make. Um, about about Dundee United, they, they did basically uh, as they did earlier in the season at Parkhead. Like they they did everything right, um, but just at this time there was just no reward for it. And I think you just have to resign yourself to that. And I, and I don't think they should step away from the game and be too worried because I mean they had to bring on, you know, a young centre half as well during the game who who was stunk the place out with Dunfermline earlier in the season, and yet he <laughs> he seemed to do absolutely fine as well. And so you're. You're looking at all that, and you're thinking, you know what? That they can't be too upset with their performance. The only downside of that is that you know it, it prolongs their, their poor poor form in the league. Yeah, they they got the win against Ross County, but aside from that, they've uh, they've they've really not been picking up the points. Yeah, I mean, I think we should highlight, and it, it was brought up. I'd, I'd seen it before the game, and then it was obviously meant, it was mentioned in the. The, the commentator's notes uh, or the voiceover on, on sports scene is that absolutely horrendous record in in uh, in Glasgow. They've not they've not beat Celtic as bad uh, as hard. Thirty years ago, so last yeah, with thirty of them, I mean thirty years without a win uh, at Celtic Park is is quite something. Um, and 
if I if I was going to be hypercritical, I, I would say that you know that if you're not if you're not going to beat Celtic on Saturday, then you know when when are you going to do it? Because you know you your your goalkeepers in inspired form. They go down to ten men, which I have still absolutely no idea what Neil Beaton is complaining about. Uh, you know, because the the, the the two two of the most stick on yellow cards that you've ever seen. Uh, I know, I know, it's not uh, Celtic are, are, not, are not necessarily used to home sending off, um, but I don't. You know, there was there was. If I'm going to be hypercritical, I would say there was two things I noticed. I I thought those chances they had in the first half, a better striker than Nicky Clark scores them. Like I think that like, I I would if 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 you play Tony Watt in that position, potentially makes him. And then for the goal itself, Mark Minolti is not doing the pressing job that like from from that goal does not do the pressing job that he should be doing. That ultimately leads to uh, a badder getting getting the goal. And and I suppose uh, that I mean that's not the that's not where the goal comes from, but it, it's a, it's a small part of it. But actually, I noticed there's not. No one's actually marking a bad. There's Dundee United players nearby, but there's the clues to be no communication between them as to who is responsible for a bad who's in the box in the in 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 stoppage time of a game in which you've performed really well and yeah. which you have an extra player. Yeah, and I think that, that sometimes you do see that sometimes happen though when when you have that extra player like you see it you see it even in in games of sevens that you play when you're younger and stuff like that as well is that you, that. You assume that because you've got the extra man, that you're the one that can that can lay off, and and uh, and you're the you're the spare man, I suppose. But yeah, I think that if if it wasn't going to be Saturday, then you know, really, when when are Dundee United going to do it? You mentioned, um, but uh, I think. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. I just wanted to say before you mentioned him there, Leela Bada. I think he deserves a a special mention. He's having an absolutely fantastic season. I know it was a wee bit stop-start at the beginning of the season, but you got to remember that he's a young man coming from a completely different world and he's he's doing... Uh, yeah, he, he, he's... Recently, especially, he's been on a sensational form. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that, that both those results kind of make uh, Wednesday night's game... Uh, semi-interesting. I don't know if anyone's heard there's an old firm derby coming up on Wednesday. Um, no one's, no one really else has been talking about it. Um, and then I suppose we, we now go across the M8 to a game that you were at, Craig Cairns. Uh, th- this was Hearts defeating Motherwell 2-0. That has basically secured Europe for Hearts, hasn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. There's a long way to go. Oh, you're, ch- you're, ch- you're, you're chasing second, according to your manager. Now that's the <laughs> that was the the chat he was giving after the game. Um, well, I think I think that's healthy. I think we should. Um, I think we should be looking to constantly improve and push on. I think you should be looking to be ambitious. And, and I do think I'm clearly biased here, but I do think that Hearts have shown recently that things are moving in the right direction. I think we've had. I mean, when was the last time Hearts had a better transfer window? Uh, or two in a row, you could say, like, like summer and winter transfer window. When, when was the last time Hearts had as, as, were, were as competent in the transfer market as that? And even to the point where Toby Sibbett came on at halftime, and was, he was brilliant. He, he was just brilliant. He, he, he didn't put a foot wrong. And we ended up with a back three of Taylor Moore, him and Kingsley. And Motherwell didn't have a chance until the 92nd minute or whatever it was when Amaluzor uh, uh, forced that save out of uh, Gordon. So 
Um, that, that that he's just the latest example um, of our signing good signing policy. He impressed in the very very short uh, time that we saw him when he was here the first time, um, and and he looks like he's just going to come back and slot back in. Um, and at the other end, uh, seven. Was- oh, sorry, man. So I was just going to say, I was very surprised that Hearts were able to get him back because since they went back down, he, he played most games last season for Barnsley and they got the, the playoffs in the Championship and then he's, he's featured a wee bit less this season, but he's still been in and about their team. So it feels like a bit of a, a, a big signing to actually be able to get him back. I mean, the jury's still out on whether he is actually good or not because you've obviously seen him three times in a Hearts jersey. But yeah. um, he, he, I was very surprised that they managed to get him in. Yeah, I mean, it came out of nowhere for for me, but I, I was very surprised and and very happy. And as I say, going on that that very kind of small sample that that we have, but at the other end, again, it's it's only a game and a half. But Sims made an instant impact when he came on at halftime against Celtic, and in this game, he he had a very good game as well. He was he he was a, a, a constant menace for the. For the Motherwell backline, I know his goals had happened, but he was getting into channels. He had a chance down each channel, which he could have probably done better with with uh, with each. He didn't really do much when he got into those positions, um, but he was a he was also uh, he, he's tall and he was quite he's quite physical and he can take a high ball and that's something that we've lacked. I mean, sometimes when Boyce is there, but um, that's some, some, something we've lacked when Boyce has been injured and we've played the likes of Ginelli, Mackay Stephen and Mackay up front and we've still had points and matches where we've gone long to them and it's just it's just not productive at all. So it's nice to have uh, another striker other than Boyce and he, he looks good as well. And yeah, th- things are all looking really good, good at Hearts at the moment. Uh, there, there, there's no there's no arguing that. Um, I... I I don't go into tomorrow's derby with as much confidence as some other Hearts fans because uh, I've been to too many derbies and seen too many shite Hibs teams beat us 1-0 to know that it's not a given. Um, so um, I'm not getting too confident Craig, about can that. I tell you, can, Craig, can, I'm going to just interrupt you right there. there. There is absolutely no danger you're not winning. Like, it's, it's, if, you don't, if you don't win tomorrow night, then... Just pack up, because this, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I, uh, I remember, is, is I remember Brian Kerr scoring the winner. I remember Simon Murray scoring the winner in a derby. I remember, was it Kunde or something like that? Uh, I remember a defensive pairing of Stephen Tico and even Ian Murray getting a clean sheet at Tynecastle, and a fan going on to the pitch to try and punch Riordan and then going down as if uh, he had been hit. <laughs> Um, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Let's go back to the no, let's go back to the I game. Did. Motherwell. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. When I was in the pressers after the match, I was I was questioning my sanity a little bit because Robbie Nielsen was going on about how much better Hearts have to play. I'd just written and filed a match report which said that uh, it was a comfortable victory, and um, he's going on about how we've got to play much better than this. And Hearts had made six changes going into the game. Two were enforced. A few were to um, rest, clearly rest them ahead of the the, the derby, but um, and one of those was Mackay, the best player, our best player in recent times. And uh, but but we got a, a tune of it, so I was really surprised about that. But I think that's just ahead of the derby. He's just trying to show that we're 
we're, we're, still, we're still fired up. I mean, there's obviously previous with Robertson, eh, Robertson, eh, Nielsen and, and Darby's. And then Alexander was coming out after the game and talking about how well they had played and stuff. And I think that was true to an extent. Um, I spoke about them not having a chance in the first half. And in both halves, they played a lot of nice stuff. But it was only really the first half they had chances and that's where it could have been a very different game. Kim Van Veen has that chance in about 11 minutes where he has someone he could slip in. He should really at least be hitting the target with that and he puts it just wide. I know he's quite unlucky. And then he has the header just before half time, which is, I mean, I know he's kind of, he's reaching back a little bit for it, but he's about seven, eight yards from the goal and it, 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 he skews it well wide and he's really got to, again, at least hit the target with that. Yeah, I think uh, Van Veen's a bit a bit like uh, Christian Dodge in that sense that he will miss. Like, there's no doubt he will miss, but he, he he does have, like, Dodge the confidence to just carry on. Like, doesn't doesn't necessarily let him impact in the other way. Uh, I think f- for me, oh, I mean, I mean the first, the first Hearts goal is just such sloppy defending from from Motherwell. It was a really well taken finish by by Halliday. But then I think what uh what, what I think uh summarizes or, or encapsulates exactly what Hearts are doing well is the second goal. And it's that they're just doing very basic, simple things, but executing it correctly. So Devlin just runs straight down the middle. Boyce is out, out on the, to his right. He gives him the easy pass. Boyce then spots the easy pass is across to Sims. Sims uh, knocks in because you can see how players are overcomplicated because that happened the, ne- the next chance with, with Woodburn's chance where again they were just when they were just trying to be slightly more over elaborate than they needed to be. If you actually just do the very basic things really well, mm. football is actually really simple that, sometimes. It, it sounds weird to say because Devlin had a, was involved heavily involved in both goals, but there were still many times, and this is very like Devlin, and this is the stuff that doesn't make the highlights necessarily, but he is very, very good at getting on the ball in good positions, very often in space. He is about is about a fifty fifty chance he's going to do something productive with it once he's there though. Uh, at, at this point, he's very erratic. He sometimes completely loses his composure. Our best move of the game, he failed to kind of slip in, uh, slip in uh, Sims, I think it was, and uh, I, 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 that he's he's got that to his game as much as he's he's got a lot of qualities that the Hearts fans like. Uh, Craig Anson, was there anything from this game that you noticed or wanted to re- reflect on it coming as a as a neutral to to this? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's just there's just a great degree of competence. It's kind of what what Craig said. It's the thing that stands out from this Hearts team throughout. You, just, you think about the way they dealt with Auckland Light last week and stuff. It's just like there was no danger they were going to they were going to mess up that because they've now just got guys who who do things well and it's all and it, it comes from the top as well I think that's what Nielsen's always been very good at like he might be a manager that will struggle to get big results too often but when it comes to getting the basics done he's usually good at it and he's finally got a squad together now and I think it it contrasts what's going on at the other side of the city which we'll talk about in terms of how hearts are are putting a squad together in terms of how they've got a team that's playing well and just all of these things Motherwell, on the other hand, like I mean, they're, they're not going to be too downhearted about losing at Tynecastle necessarily, but there's just a lot of mistakes in that performance. I mean, um, it's it's kind of what you expect from Sean Goss. I think for all the qualities that he has, he's always been a guy that wants too much time on the ball, and you saw that he's like in his own box and he's getting 
you know, yeah. dispossessed and um, all of that is um, all of that type of stuff is just causing a problem. But um, I guess these are these are things that, and against other teams, won't necessarily catch them out. But when you're playing against a Hearts team that are playing the way they're playing. You've always got a risk of that happening, and, and yeah, the the this rules them out. I think I mean that bad anything. That this was their chance to kind of stake their claim for finishing third. I don't think they'll do it. They'll do that, but I don't know. There's another team better than them in the league anyway at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I think Muller will have got a, a really good shout of still finishing fourth this year. Because um, wait, I mean, where <laughs> where else? Hibs, Aberdeen, and Dundee United. I don't think any of them are as consistent as Muller will be. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I'm kind of, well, I'm slightly disagree. I, I think there's a, <clears throat> obviously still a chance that you could have one of the other teams behind click uh, and put a good run together. But I, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying that Motherwell were terrible in this game because I do think there was a lot in what Alexander was saying. I, I do think they, they did play a lot of nice stuff. Shaw, Shaw added a lot to the midfield. Tierney came in and showed a lot of intelligent movement and clever touches and things like that. And yeah, I, I still think they looked like a, a decent football team. As I said, if they'd taken one of those first half chances, the game's got a completely different complexion because hearts are either behind early on or they go in frustratingly uh, at the break level rather than being like a minute away from uh, from being ahead. So yeah, I, I think um, a more clinical... If Motherwell were a bit more clinical, that game's completely different. They still played a lot of nice stuff and and defended pretty well for for parts. So we'll we'll move on to the the final game that we we're going to talk to of the four, uh, which I think you know five goals relatively entertaining. If you were uh, not a uh, not a Hibs fan, um, I was there and oh, just I, don't, I, don't, I honestly. I'm kind of just scunnered by this team at the moment. Like I think that's the only way I can describe watching Hibs because you know, and and this this is going to sound strange because it's not something that I was ever sent. Kevin Nisbet was was really good. <laughs> Let's start with the positives. Kevin Nisbet was really good, and that is, and I've not really been a fan for for quite some time. Uh, but I think. He's him and maybe and and Mitchell are probably one of the few the few that get pass marks because the the rest was was pretty bad. Um, you know, and it, and it, and it shouldn't have been. You know, you you they went one nil up. You know, it was um a good finish. I think from from Mitchell, like you know, a bit of uh, good reactions. One other thing, and then. Uh, Livingston get a penalty, which is then knocked off. But that again, that's all down to a feature of this game. Matt Macy uh, being uh, such a reactive goalkeeper uh, properly gives me the fear now. Uh, so he's just slow to slow with slow with everything, um, and and they score one of the softest goals you'll you'll see all season with a, a floated free kick, not at any real. Uh, pace and uh, and it goes in and then we and then the Hibs get a two two one lead with with a, with a fluke goal from from Chris Cadden and you, you should be able to see that the game out from there because uh, and the Hibs just didn't useless on set pieces like just just woeful uh, just 
just I don't know what was going on. And then and even someone that had had been up until that point having quite a good game in, in Ryan Porches decides to show Alan Forrest the the inside. Well, that's the only place he's going to go. That's where he wants you to show him. And the, and he does and and it makes it three two and, and Ibs weren't getting back into it. There were just uh, and and you know that goal we kind of summed up exactly where hips were in terms of that like you know that Maloney and Tony's talked about this before Maloney's talked all this time about you know possession and, and you know uh, wanting to add, well play attractive exciting football that's fine but you just say really the hips way Duncan exciting. just say it the hips way the hips way yeah yeah you know our young ambitious exciting I mean it's not exciting to watch your team not play good passes like that's that that's the you've got to, if you want to do this stuff fast you've got to be able to be precise as well and and josh campbell just gives the ball away and 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 you, you lose and that's only yeah it's just from his perspective that you know that not good enough i can only really you can't do anything but, but praise livingston because like what martin dale is getting out of that team you know without being too patronizing omionga was unbelievable so good uh, uh, Joe Nubley was Nubley was incredible. Like just uh, uh the technique is not a hundred percent there, but he is an absolute handful. Like in terms of he just like he just was constantly annoying defenders the whole time. And again, that's the like you know it's Scottish football. Like you know, with me and me and Tony talk about this a lot. Like you know that's why we love Van Veen that much as well. Is you know that you like if you're not going to be able to contribute through technique, at least just do something to make. People are not you know, to, to allow other players to play in their game, but um, aside from that, yeah, just completely scunnered with Hibs. Uh, from, from you, what did what Kriyans, What did you pick up from from the game from from watching the highlights and and everything else? I thought Hibs the way the way Hibs defended set pieces is exactly the sort of way you often see teams with like project managers defending set pieces if 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 you know what I mean like these guys who come in and you know that they immediately start talking about philosophies and ambition and how they want to play football and it's like they often are concentrating so much on on their ideals that they kind of forget the simple bits of the game and that does seem to be the vibe I get off Maloney because Undoubtedly, you watch Hibs, and, and, and I've seen them a couple of times since he came in. They do get the ball on the deck. They are, they do have good ideas. They are, there, there's a, a merit to the way that they want to play, but that has to be earned. And I always think a manager has to come in and slowly move towards that. If you're coming in mid-season, it's fine if you're coming in the summer and you want, you know, you can train them up, but. It's it feels like they've gone. He's he's kind of obviously spending a lot of time on the training part, and and it will that will come good at some point, no doubt. I mean, other other things might not, but eventually they're going to get better technique wise, all that type of stuff. But you end up spending all that time, and and you forget that you're playing against a team who are fantastic at set pieces, and you just constantly they know they know way to deal with that long throw. They had no way to deal with corners. They didn't know how to deal with free kicks, and it felt like. Livingston had almost been ignored and Hibs worrying too much about Hibs and the way that that's what it, the impression I got from the game was Maloney's trying to set Hibs up to play and who they are played they were playing at the weekend was incidental, but mm. that can't be the case because you turn up against a team who are full of big guys, really strong, have a very unique style of play and, and did a number on Hibs uh, uh, undoubtedly and um, uh, you mentioned Nubli, like 
just a tremendous centre forward. I've obviously seen him seen him wreak havoc in, in my own team in the first <laughs> half of the season. He's just very difficult to play against and he won't get the same amount of joy because he'll play against some better defenders in the Premiership, but I don't think that was on display uh, on, on Saturday necessarily, but there, there will be games where he doesn't get as much uh, as much joy out of people. Yeah, I, 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 not a special mention, but just I, you know, when I was going through the list of people who had poor games, I have to mention Jake Doyle Hayes and, and Ewan Henderson really just ineffective. Like you, you can you can see that they what they were trying to do, but they just just didn't do it enough, and and were, were kind of lost in that in that way that Hibs were playing. Uh, I mean, Craig Cairns, is there anything that you you spotted or what what to talk about in terms of either on the Livingston or uh, on this on the team that you're about to thrash tomorrow night? Um, I it was it seemed in some ways a vintage Livy performance, and I I, I don't mean by that that Livy are necessarily a team that quite often come from behind to to win like that. I meant more with the with the long throws and and just like players like. Look at that midfield they've built now. I mean, Pittman's obviously been a mainstay for for almost forever for them. Um, and, then, and and weirdly, was not very good on on Saturday. Is that right? It, it didn't have to be right. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, well, the other two are the ones that are getting all the plaudits. Pittman's kind of just working his way back in uh, after injury, but Omiyonga's just been a, a an absolute gem of a sign. And 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 they 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 seem to go between. Picking these guys up out of nowhere that you wonder why other teams uh, around and above them haven't gone for. And uh, ones that are just really kind of unfashionable and they, they seem to polish up and get something out of them. And it, it's just been more of that this season. And I thought it was interesting that Nuplay played. I wasn't necessarily surprised that Nuplay was playing as such. It was more that Anderson wasn't playing. Now, I don't know if he had a knock or something, but Anderson's numbers this season speak for themselves. And it seems like uh, Martindale has made uh, horses for Corsi's choice here rather than a a form or necessarily on ability. And... Nubley's rewarded him because he's 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 had a he's had an excellent match and he's been uh, heavily involved in that uh, the the goal from the from the long throw which again is more just terrible hips defending. There's two um, players either side of Fitzwater and neither of them take responsibility. Porteous gets dragged towards the ball and and Cadden. I mean, even if Cadden is on on him, there's an argument to say that Cadden's not going to get up there to beat him anyway. Fitzwater's a, a tall laddie. So, yeah, um, it, it looked like it looked pretty poor from Hibbs. What I would say about them overall is I still quite like the look of Maloney. I think these things, a, a, a big style change like this takes time. You need to get your own players in. It takes time to coach the players that you have. If you think about what they've just worked under, uh, Jack Ross, now I'm not saying that Jack Ross was some sort of Catanaccio manager or something like that, but he was he was more reserved. And then there's a reason that Maloney's been picked and and Jack Ross is out the, the door at the moment, and that is to play this kind of style. And that just doesn't happen overnight. You need to get your own players in. And, and they've had a bit of trouble with that for various reasons. Some of those have been unlucky with the, the likes of Harry Clark. You think of the, distant, the, the, uh, the difference he could have made to the defence and it's been very patchwork uh, without him and 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I would, I would, I would give Maloney time. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to double think down on. Definitely to that. Like you, you can get unlucky with injuries like Harry Cup, but then there's also uh, signing players and and there being delays to work permits and things like that. Like you know, that should could have been anticipated or should have been anticipated. But again, I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes at, at East Road, not just on, not just on in the playing department. So uh, who knows? Uh, but well, I suppose that that takes us an even forty-five minutes there. Outstanding stuff. Uh, four games that were exciting. We that was a good. I thought it was a good showcase for for the league as a whole. I mean, that, not that anyone. I can't imagine there was anyone that is now going to be a, a cinch fanboy after uh, you know discovering that, that watching Rangers Ross County and then deciding that they're going to uh, not watch any of their their uh, petrol petrol state funded uh, EPL. But you, you never know. You never we've, know. We've got we've got Rylan's uh, or Rylan's drug shame now associated with our brand. We're cool. We're cool. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, th- th- also that was uh, like a a weird story. Uh, a weird story that felt like it came from a couple of decades ago in terms of tabloids things, but uh, there you go. So you come, you come for the cinch chat, and then you, you leave with uh, our thoughts on on tabloid uh, standards uh, throughout the year. It's, you know, it's a poor standard of tabloids thing as well. Let's be honest. Um, but yeah, thank you, Craig Cairns and Craig Anson. We are about to go over to the Patreon, where we're going to be t- discussing all things transfer window because uh, that's seemingly what you have to do on transfer window day, uh, deadline day. And uh, also just to, uh, a further uh, incentive, if you like, to, to sign up to the Patreon is we have a really cool Discord uh, channel now over there. So if you're on the five-point tier, you get access to that where you get to uh, converse with, with fellow Patreons and fellow terrorists members. Uh, and we I have no idea who I'm talking to most of the time. No idea. Yeah, it could be yeah, anyone. Uh, that. <laughs> but uh, guys, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, Duncan. And we'll see you again sometime soon. And I would imagine there's going to be a Thursday podcast discussing, um, I, think there's, I think there's a few games of interest happening this week. But until then, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.